ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, Kathy here. Quick spoiler warning. Um, Dave accidentally spoiled Avengers Endgame in the Spoiler Street section of this podcast. And then I accidentally spoiled uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, I believe, also in the spoiler section of this podcast. So you've been warned if you've not seen either of those huge movies. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. And today we're going to see the uh, Bond, James Bond spy film. Uh, from the James Bond spy franchise, <laughs> uh, No Time to Die. The movie that literally everyone's been waiting for. It's so There's funny. Been no time to release. It. I actually kind of hadn't really noticed that it was finally happening because it's been pushed out so many times. It was almost like it, it was almost like they trolled us too many times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the boy who cried. No time to die is about to be released. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just so long ago that it was supposed to be out, um, and even then, obviously, it had been a few years since. A, I think it's been so long since a Bond that we've been doing this podcast for, what, over five years and we've never done a Bond on this podcast. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, it's a um, lot. Like, we would have covered one on this so if one had come out. So we saw Spectre in, like, 2016, maybe? 2015, 16? Anyway. Anyway, neither of us were particularly fans of Spectre. I'll go a little bit further. Yeah. I hated that movie. <laughs> I thought it was dreadful. I thought it was dog shit. Um... So wow, it's a strong word. It was terrible. We wanted to walk out of the was cinema. That the one where Happy Your and Judy no, Dench were like was fighting in Sky the woods. Skyfall, which I quite enjoyed. Right. Um, no, never... you remember? You're right. We saw that in uh, in uh, East London, and uh, you sat there. You said, "I need. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave." <laughs> you said, "This is so boring," and I was like, "I totally agree, but I'm not leaving. Got to see this to the bitter I end because you that, don't walk yeah. out of a movie." halfway through unless it's Baywatch I think it was um, actually the, kind of around the time as well when like <laughs> Daniel Craig was like I hate being oh, James he, Bond he, we didn't want to be there but only half as much as Daniel Craig didn't want to be on that screen but he, was that, it was coming it was emanating from him but was that the movie where like the intro was him running across all the roofs because that was cool yes it that was, was really an cool. awesome intro in the Day yeah. of the Dead um, in yeah, that was amazing. Mexico oh, dude, there's some incredible stuff in that movie because yeah. it was um uh, it was still um, Sam Mendes, you know, great director. All right, so so look, without getting, well, let's before we you were not go here to see this movie, Spencer. we will just give the top line because we've never spoken to anyone on this podcast about Bond. I don't think so. As you've said, we've we've never done a Bond movie on the cinema. Let's just talk about our top level sort of feelings towards Bond and then the Daniel Craig franchise, as this is going to be the last one, right? And like as most people in the world, we've seen a lot of Bond movies. Um, you just can't help it, right? As being someone yeah. who watches English language movies, I've uh, seen but, probably, I would say I've probably seen most of them and remember none of them. That's kind of my Bond vibe. Um, who's your favourite Bond? Uh, don't have a favourite. 
Mine is don't, don't, I don't really care about Bond. My <laughs> favourite. So, so apologies is... here. I know people are love. Like this is considered. Like people love this. They love it. They take it to heart. They grew up with Bond. You know, it's multi generational. My dad loved Bond. So I'm like, I really. If 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 you don't like people having different opinions to you, or yeah, if you're just don't you want you want to come here for just a bond loving i can't give that to you but dave I, no i'm not asking you for a bond loving like I'm talking bond, to the audience bond is a series i know you're not asking me for a I'm bond i'm just loving. saying it's a series of movies that has spanned a lot of people's lifetimes and all right imdb no i'm just saying like and there's loads of iterations of it and there's loads of different types of bond movies so yeah. like not and no, I've never no, connected with any of them but that's no what one, i'm telling you okay but i'm just saying like no one's going to be here that loves all of them like they're all they're like wildly different but in quality. people love James Bond and the Bond movies uh, particularly the British the and we, we've got a huge uh, British fan base here but we live a lot in of it what I like about Bond is while I don't tend to like love most movies but like I remember when Pierce Brosnan was Bond that was so much fun so he's my favourite Bond yeah, GoldenEye's my favourite one we were so personally. excited that there was an Irish Bond right that's not why uh, but no but we were though as a country like it was really fun and he was great as Bond so he's my favourite but like what I've always loved about Bond movies even the movies I didn't enjoy is it's like that kind of it's it's really rare you've got movies that are this kind of a spectacle like you've got Bond you've got Harry Potter you've got Lord of the Rings like I'm thinking in terms of anticipation yeah 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 no it's, it's a big it's a big movie with big buzz yeah. behind it Star and, and, Wars you know, before they started making them every year like when Star Wars first came back like remember that level of anticipation yeah like and do you know why No Time To Die kept getting pushed out and why they wanted it in the cinema why it's because of all their brand deals so they couldn't put it out to a streaming service because, like, up front, what they have agreed with, like, Aston Martin, Rolex, whatever their sponsors are. Oh, that they, they get They cinemas. get on the big screen. So it would have turned into, like, a Scarlett Johansson Disney oh, type of situation. Right. Because that's interesting. Yeah, so that's why it's a cinematic event, and I really love that they kept it as a cinematic event. It's and it's filled with um, uh, it's product premium placement. brands. Yeah, and yeah. they want to be on the big screen, and, like, fair enough. Um, and, like, that's why I'm interested in, like, all the elements of Bond, while individually I don't tend to like the movies much. much. You're more down on the movies than I am. Well, I'm not... Here's the thing. I'm not down on the movies. They're all well-made movies. They're, 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 they're relatively entertaining. I just... For me, the Bond... Bond, James Bond, is <laughs> a series of, of... It's a series that the appeal of James Bond is all wrapped up in nostalgia and it's all wrapped up with the things that are iconic about Bond that I, I objectively recognise as very good. The music is incredible. Yeah, the movie's the music's the theme amazing. The music, I could do... You know, anyone could do it right now. Dun, 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 dun. There are so many, like, amazing little moments oh no, uh, about the... Um, around Bond. The... Um, you know, but the, no interesting fun fact about this James yeah. Bond like Billie Eilish I believe has already like won a Grammy but like a year ago <laughs> yeah that feels like a long time ago <laughs> I, forgot, weird I actually forgot she was even doing the song um, but that's another thing the, the James Bond opening theme song is yeah. very I can't you know you get the, the puns that kind of Roger Moore kind of um, Roger Moore is my least favourite Bond he's a creep He's creepy, yeah. yeah. But the um, you you've also got like iconic villains. So there's a lot of and there there are some great memorable and ones. The car and, and henchmen and cues, watches, the, cue, and the gadgets. So yeah. there's a lot of. I would say for me, the I recognise the appeal of like all the minute like that that goes into a James Bond film that makes Bond. But anytime I'm watching a Bond film, and I mean literally anytime, I could be watching any Bond film. They're all the bloody same. They're a copy and paste formula. I could not tell you. 
the different plots. I don't, I can't, none of the plots or ever. And, and somebody, somebody's listening to this and saying, Dave, it's not about the plots. It's about gadgets and fun. And I'm like, yeah, but they. this movie's two hours and 45 minutes long. I'm like, and this, and, and I think the Daniel Craig franchise or Daniel Craig movies of Bond, the last five, are particularly egregious to me compared to the previous ones, which kind of just knew what they were this is the Bond formula we're going to do you know it's one and done it's a bit of fun these movies focused on the wrong element of Bond which was never the appeal which is the story and the plot okay so well I, they, I don't agree with you well Daniel or, or, what have we got well, you, you can't even remember Spectre I can tell you that it was a culmination of four movies worth of convoluted plots that ended spoilers for Spectre with Christoph Waltz trapping Daniel Craig in a maze of memories <laughs> that I couldn't remember because the previous three films and the plot were so yeah, unforgettable do you remember this he literally had like he had wall a wall a chamber filled with pictures of all the villains from the previous movies Maz Mickelson with some red string pointing towards the whoever the Quantum of Solace victim was and, and I am the architect of your pain I agree with you I've been but, building up to this for ten Dave, years I'm just like I don't if we're not here to review Spectre Bonds should be standalone that was a fundamental issue that you're right and I remember now I'm not reviewing Spectre I'm giving you the context to why I'm not excited for 2 hours and 45 minutes of this movie well that's why I that's not why I didn't like the Daniel Craig movies though I remember now not liking that I just always thought they were like too serious and lacked the fun yeah that too they you know you like your favourite the thing that'll be written on your grave will be she didn't take herself too seriously <laughs> and this is what your criticism of movies and the, the MCU movies often yeah, they t- took itself too seriously yeah, and I didn't like that Daniel Craig's Bond takes they, himself too seriously these movies do take themselves yeah. too seriously however they, I'm pumped for this because you stop dragging me down sorry because okay. I actually I'm excited about this I want to see it on the big screen I'm here for it I've seen some really good reviews and I'm going to trust <laughs> and I'm going in with anticipation I don't trust the reviews the the, the Peter Bradshaw at The Guardian gave Spectre five stars and everyone's entitled to their oh, opinion. Oh, I mean reviews I'm just by like, my friends. Oh, from your friends. I don't okay. actually right. really trust critic reviews. Spectre got great reviews and I just like, I remember thinking like, what is, what level am I on to everybody else? I did, don't get it. And we watched Spectre before we'd kids so we were not in a, like a fugue of exhaustion. Yeah. My favourite Bond experience we ever had and then we have to go. Um, this is wild we ne- I'm sorry if this is your first time listening to the podcast we never talk this it's long very rambly um, very ranty I'm sorry <laughs> we went like years and years ago do you remember it was like Christmas time and we rented a camper van in Tasmania and we decided to watch loads of old Bond movies oh yeah we watched uh, uh, and our Live, and Let, Live and Let Die, <laughs> Let Die. Which is that is, the Roger Moore one that's Roger Moore and Christopher Walken as the villain and there's a blimp it was he's called Zorro incredible. or something incredible that was like peak Bond ridiculousness and Roger Moore is 57 or something and, 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 like, he, and he's like the Bond girl is like 22 and if Grace Jones was in it and it had the Eiffel Tower and the San Francisco Bridge yeah. it had two iconic landmarks that were used ridiculously and um, it, there was a whole plot about horse racing that's the most I've ever enjoyed a Bond movie watching that one yeah um, so I'm wondering if Daniel Craig will go silly like that for his last he's nearly I, as old it doesn't look very silly. Um, yeah, anyway, look, we, we actually should. I haven't even we, seen the trailer. I think I might have about. seen the trailer, but it was two years ago, so I can't remember it. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's. I, look, I, I want this to be good as much as you I do. I want this intro to die. three hours to this. I want to stop All right, talking. All right, let's go. All right. Okay. Bye. See you in a bit. James, fate draws us back together. Now your enemy is my enemy. 
His name is Safin. And what does he want? Revenge. Me. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. You can imagine why I've come back to play. There's a young lady in Santiago I want you to meet. You're late. When you're ready. Salute. I met your new double O. She's a disarming young woman. I get why you shot him. Yeah, well, everyone tries at least once. Okay, we are out. We have now seen No Time to Die. And I will be the first to say that when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. I I had an absolutely brilliant time at that movie. I thought he was, was just quoting Dirty Dancing, by the way. Did you know that's what you were quoting? Of course. Right, okay. Of course I knew what I was quoting. Nobody and puts everybody in and the corner. Everybody, uh, and the listeners were like, yeah, Dave, Dirty Dancing. And you're like, guys, it's a film reference. And Do you I'm know like, who, have you met our audience? <laughs> um, no, I was wrong. I was way wrong. I had no reason to you be... You couldn't have been more wrong. I'm, and I was, I'm happy to be wrong because that was a... a Brilliant two hours and 45 minutes. I really enjoyed it. That's, I think, that's one of my best Bond movie experiences ever. I thought Daniel Craig was he's finally was enjoying excellent. himself. By the way, we, we won't spoil, there's We're no spoiler spoiling. if it's your first time here. No spoilers yet. There'll be spoilers later in our spoiler street section. But yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm just, I'm quite happy. I'm really happy. I had, a, I was just had a grin on my face. A lot of that, it looked beautiful. It was, it was so exciting. Beautiful. There was actually emotional stakes. Um, um, yeah, Daniel was, Craig seemed like he wanted to be there, which was good. It was also very standalone, like some references to previous movies, but not yeah, like. Yeah, I'm going to get to that in Not spoilers. like a House of Horrors, like photo from every movie thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, what about you? I'm delighted. Yeah. Uh, it's the most, aside from Goldeneye in the cinema, I would say this is the most I've ever enjoyed. And aside from Roger Moore and the Eiffel Terror, actually, this is the most I've ever truly enjoyed a Bond movie. Um, it's like Daniel Craig finally realised you know what it's actually fun to run around with the toy sorry it's fun to run around with the toy gun and make millions and millions of dollars pretending to be James Bond that's fun Daniel Craig right? <laughs> yeah. this is what most Smile, people man. want to do with their lives <laughs> um, I think I really felt it was a new director it was punchy and it yeah. was fun and I say that for a movie that was 2 hours and 45 minutes long it was punchy uh, it was so beautiful I'd say it's the most beautiful looking when they did the beautiful shots like the scenery like it was stunning and it just you could just feel that was shot on destination and like just made me want to be in Europe and there's some like really iconic shots referencing old movies which I loved and it was properly funny and I have to say like really really emotional for me like I felt everything at the end of this movie. Didn't didn't and expect we'll get to it in sport streets, any of that. but yeah. like honestly that was brilliant and I'm so glad and I know they had to for commercial reasons. But I'm so glad they kept it for the big screen and they did it right and It's good in the cinema. It's so good. Like this would not have felt the same on a small screen and if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet and you're on If you're the fence, com- if you're comfortable going to the cinema, go see yeah. No Time to Die. And I'm sure you've not, already seen it. If you're not when you do get to watch it, watch it on the biggest screen you can at home. I think you do said, not watch it on an iPad. You, know, you said it right earlier. This is an event movie. Yeah, and it um, it's it's a spectacle mm-hmm. um, and it's entertaining, which is honestly all I ever want when I go to the cinema. And I often. could follow it, like unlike the last few yeah, movies. Yeah, this is the thing, right? This is what was good about this. I think Cat was Carrie Fukunaga. 
Kari Fuji uh, Fukunawa, I never get his name right. The guy that uh, brought us True Detective season one, all the episodes, you know, just. Uh, anyway, yeah, he, Ke- no, sorry, Kerry Joji Fukunaga, yeah. Anyway, I think he, like, it's a shame that it didn't bring him in movies ago because I think part of the taking itself too seriously thing now must have been a Sam Mendes problem as well Perhaps. as as well as a, Je- yeah. a Daniel Craig problem because this felt notably different. Don't, don't forget. Um, Famously, now uh, we've got Neil Purvis. I've got the IMDb. Neil Purvis and Robert Wade did the screenplay, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Of course, was she was in brought in to punch up the script. To punch it up, right? And let's of get course. let's get to it in a minute. But I, I felt that. like I felt like under the surface here, there's a lot of there's a lot of very deliberate winks to Bond's history of misogyny. Let's yeah. say. Um, and I mean, they have talked to about like the, like Kerry Fukunaga. I heard him like talking recently about like if you look back at the old movies that well, Sean Connery was in, like Sean he used Connery the word rapist was a rapist. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. And like you're looking at that's the history you're dealing with, and you're treading a very fine line with this character because you know this character when he came out in the sixties, I believe, in movies, he was already like a fuddy duddy, even then, who like didn't like the Beatles, right? Yeah. So like. And, and the source material was written long the 20s, before that by yeah. Ian Fleming, a man. So he can't who, really like yeah. square. Like if he was alive today, right, and existed, let's be honest with ourselves. He's extremely conservative, violent, presumably Brexiteer, probably mates with Boris Johnson. Like, is he someone we'd probably want to hang out with or spend any time with? No. I think this movie has done a very good effort of bringing him up a bit to be more modern but without being like painfully introspective like he was yeah. in other movies and then cast brilliantly all around him and it's interesting because there's been so much debate about like who be the next Bond right and I, I actually do find it infuriating when people are like oh there should be female Bond it's like no there should just be other movies that have new female characters um, like Bond is a man like I don't understand people saying that Bond should be a woman because it's like no just make a new character I'm so sick of people just redoing things over and over again anyway I think they've done I've addressed that issue very well in this movie by bringing in more female characters that's all I'll say about it Um, and yeah I'm I'm totally and also let's talk about more about the female characters in Spoiler Street and their relationships with Bond Mm -hmm. because that feels very different as well now this fundamental problem in this movie however you do still have an old man hooking up with young women yeah. and they have not been able to get past that a couple of movies ago didn't they bring in like Isabella there's, Rossellini or now, something as a Bond girl there's uh, I don't girl. remember um, I, like and now they've reverted on that the they're like no that, let's go back that, to the young women the fact women. that there is an archetype that we're all familiar with a phrase that Bond girl yeah. right that, I mean that's tr- kind of troubling in itself and also just like it's got his name in the title um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> Though is it his name or is it the movie franchise? Now, I'm, name? I'm pretty sure. Like this is this is like this is such bait for um, the the other side of this argument, which is you know the the outrage, um, conservative outrage. You know the woke gone mad PC. And I, I, I look, I I honestly thought this movie. Uh, handle that incredibly well and sensitively to the point where it probably won't upset those people either. Um, I mean, this movie is like this is. But those people get know, upset by hundreds anyway. of millions of pounds are on the back of this movie, and um, it's an interesting thing to observe. Like, what is a very corporate entity, right? What are they called? Broccoli Productions or whatever. They're like the yeah. last Hollywood magnets left who own a franchise. That's because right, yeah. They, like the studio don't own the rights to James Bond, right? They kind of M- they, MGM licensed them from the broccoli. Yeah, they right? are yeah, like yeah, yeah. the like the, the last dynasty left yeah. of who would own something like this. 
and they have total control and say over it. They have so many commercial commitments. And in fairness to them, they were the ones who were like, we need to shake it up a bit when they cast Daniel Craig. Like, you know the way people talk about, like, what if they ever cast a black James Bond? Yeah. Do you not remember when Daniel Craig was cast and there was a petition because he was blonde? Bond, bond not blonde. Yeah. So, like, it's like, stuff, this yeah. is how the viewers reacted to... <laughs> and I was, I was thinking about that watching this movie. I was like, his hair's not even blonde. Anyway, it's I like sandy brown. So this is you, this is how conservative this audience is and how weirdly obsessive they are about him. So, like, yeah, to your point, I think they managed to balance all of those commercial and, like corporate interests extremely well yeah, in this totally. movie I'm, I'm really impressed by it to be honest because there was outrage when uh, Lashana Lynch was cast and that I remember the headline the tabloids being like tipped to be the next fem- the female bond and all this kind of stuff and it was just like Outrage. this movie addressed but like addressed that really well and we'll get to that in spoilers also street. I totally um, forgot Voldemort was in these movies yeah, he sure is. Um, <laughs> and I was like, "Where's Judy Dench?" David to break it to me. Let's get. Couldn't remember where Judy Dench. This is, was. Sorry, this is my point about those previous four films. They're, they're like, Casino Royale's got some memorable stuff. Uh, All I remember Skyfall. Is the chair I, got, I quite enjoyed a lot of that movie, but like, I can't like the fact and the beginning of this movie without spoiling anything. Again, I was thrust back into it. Like, Vespa. If you fucking mention Vespa one more time, stop trying to make Vespa happen. You, you, you like, Daniel Craig, apparently James Bond fell in love with Vespa ten years ago in a movie I don't remember. And I've got to every fucking Dave, movie... Dave, watch your language, have, like? have him moan about Vespa. Yeah, but you want to know the, the but like, you don't. But also, they didn't do any work in that movie to establish this love for all time that will stay with Dave, him. how could you say that? Because we don't remember the movie it's like Eva Green was there I guess but you want to hear the funniest part about the Vespa is when they showed her grave in this movie that's not a spoiler because like she died five movies ago it's all they talk about they showed her date of birth and her date of death and I was really quickly trying to do the math mid 20s like 26 or something it's just yeah. like absurd I mean, like, why <laughs> does this old old man like what's Daniel Craig now date these young 20 something women and I'm still annoyed they didn't address that in this movie and I'd say Phoebe Waller-Bridge might have tried it but probably came in too late when it had already been cast probably Any, anyway before we get into spoiler straight I'll just say to tie that one off I thought this movie did a good job at making me believe that Bond was really interested in a woman yeah. Right. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it also did a really good job of finally convincing me that Daniel Craig's a human man. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> before this, I just never rated him, and then we watched Knives Out, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's brilliant yeah, in Knives Out." He's like, great. What has he been doing in the Bond? Where movies? have you been all these years <laughs> while, while we were filming these Bond movies? Um, he's okay. just been going. I hate being Bond. Don't make me be Bond. I think he finally came out of his shell because he was like, "This is my last one. Great, I'm out. And at let's the time, have some fun." He probably thought as well you know at the time it would be released and then I move on from it it's like oh no James you have to do press in five years time for this movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's going to be delayed so many times him James yeah um, alright let, let, I think we both recommend this highly it's it's a very it's, it's a very good movie go see it do you think um, it also helps that we've seen him in Knives Out and therefore in my head he's now kind of a comedic character so ergo just like by a little glance he might make I'm like, oh, uh, he's humorous now. I, I know he's funny. Whereas before, I just thought there was nothing behind the eyes. Don't maybe I don't know. I don't know. Tell me. Um, <laughs> um, right. So uh, with that said, let's uh, move on to spoiler. We're not by a street. We're by a river. Spoiler. Is this, is this the longest episode? Spoiler we've ever done? swamp. 
Apologies how, for how long this is, but it's a Bond we'll, movie. We'll it try and wrap. I think this, the, if the movie wants two and two hours and forty-five <laughs> minutes, you can grant us forty-five minutes to chat about it. However, before we go to spoiler river swamp, uh, it's very swampy here. Uh, we're gonna no. we're gonna just uh, do a quick shout out to some of our uh, lovely new patrons over at our Patreon. Uh, so thank you to Liz Lieberman, to uh, James Harrington to Adam Willis, to Maeve, just Maeve, um, and to Ashley Ryman. Thanks, all of you, for joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the cinemile and uh, supporting the show for two or three pounds a month. And they, like all our uh, uh, other patrons over at the Cinemile High Club, get access to all of our movie and TV episodes. Including upcoming weekly succession episodes. Yes, so weekly succession episodes. We just recorded High Fidelity. You get to pick the retro movie you want us to watch. If you're interested, uh, head on over there and we really appreciate it. And thank you to all our new patrons. Now, spoilers. Uh, Spoilers for... No time to die. And if you haven't you have seen been it, warned. turn off because you actually don't want to be spoiled for this movie. There's a genuinely There's some good surprises. Story. Yeah. yeah, some There's actual surprises. Real surprises in this. So yeah. You've been totally warned now, right? Turn off. Right, you've been warned. Right. Okay, how do we want it? Do we want to go through like? I think we should talk about um, the female characters. Then we should yeah. talk about Remy Malik. Yeah, sure. And then we should talk about some of the big set pieces. Sure. And now I've forgotten my list. And then we talk about the ending, obviously. Great. I'm glad, <laughs> by I'm list, glad, I mean... glad you invited everyone to the pre-production meeting. <laughs> by list, I mean me rattling things off the top of my head. <laughs> so we have to talk about the other 007. Love yes. her. So, Lashana Lynch. So um, cool that they did this. Who uh, was who I watched just last week in Captain Marvel, which I uh, rewatched. Jay's <laughs> rewatching uh, all the Marvel Monica movies. Rambo. FYI. Um, so, I thought she was awesome, kick-ass. Uh, I love... Right, I love, really loved how they introduced her in this movie. Me too. Um, they introduced her in, in what feels like a... Cle- all the clever stuff will naturally now get as, uh, associated to Phoebe Waller-Bridge, despite the fact that surely the other the other two guys would have inputted a lot of this stuff. I think Phoebe but Waller-Bridge said like, she just came in and punched up the dialogue. Oh, fine, okay. I'm well, pretty sure she, like, it was effectively written when she was brought on board. The whole way that Lashana Lynch's 007... Uh, got introduced was as a t- typical James Bond girl yeah right a Bond girl she was like hop on there was all the lot of she's flirting she's like wanna ride yeah and when basically she goes straight to the bedroom and it just all felt very familiar it felt like a, a textbook James Bond scene and then they nicely flip it on her head with her literally like um, pulling off a disguise <laughs> you know almost like she's pretending to be this flimsy Bond girl um, and she's actually 007 I love that <laughs> she got his number awesome reveal I love that she got his number and this is just so brilliantly like addresses the whole male female bond to me it's like James Bond is a person he does not need to be cast as like Jasmina Bond do you know what I mean it's a There's code a name it's so give obvious give her the other number exactly, it's so yeah. clever yeah. she's brilliant I loved her I thought she's a really good action star actually yeah. and I thought the scenes between her and James Bond where you have would have a natural rivalry, right, with someone who, in that situation. However, they didn't overplay it, either of them. It's, like, relatively professional and subtle, where you're, like, you're pissed off, but you're kind of, you're kind of reining it in a bit. And then I just really enjoyed the scenes with those two, and then uh, Voldemort as their boss, who was, like, kind of pitting them against each other as well. Let's come back to him, because he's the villain of this movie. Um, (laughs) We're talking about 007. Did you not read the production notes? (laughs) (laughs) I want to come back to that. And Um, I just loved her whole... I loved her whole place 
in the ending and like I just thought they her character was really good I hope I actually think we'll see her whoever the next Bond is I feel like she'll probably still be in the franchise unless they do like go back and it's like a young Bond and it's a whole new thing which that's or they, they or they just carry on with her and she's 007 and the movie is called the movie's not the movies yeah. are never called James Bond Dave did you hear anything I said about the commercial interest of this franchise no, I'm just saying I'm they just saying revolt, that's an option they had a rebellion when they cast a sandy brown haired white man I know I know I, I, I don't think MGM and the Broccoli's will have the uh, the the uh, wherewithal. No. To I do think it. the most they'll do is cast someone younger and reboot it a bit. Perhaps. I mean, they can't really cast sounds, someone older. Sounds so boring. Um. Anyway, okay. Let's also talk about uh, the um, main female protagonist, Le- uh, Madeline. I played kind of the, the, the doctor, impression Leia she might Sado. have been in the last movie, but I don't remember her. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the same thing. I have a feeling she was Inspector, but I have blocked that from my memory, <laughs> nor was it able to penetrate my memory. That's The, the movie failed to make a mark on my brain anywhere. But, what I but really surely liked, she was the forgettable love interest in that one. She must have been because it carried on, but I really yeah. liked how like we met him happy with her... And like their honeymoon sequence, like where they were was in Italy, was so and, and beautiful. And straight into um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service references, which they reference throughout this whole movie. Yeah, and even um, I got that, and I barely remember that movie because they're iconic. You know those crane shots of like that winding road. I'm with, sure that's the it's 100% location, in that movie. right? And, and the, also um, just like that classic trope that I've forgotten about, where like why can't Bond just drive on the appropriate side of the road? Like he just drives veering across the road, like back and forth. It's so no, dangerous what, what on bends. No, but what I liked about that, you're forgetting in that moment, she says, "Can you go a bit faster or something?" And he says, "We've got all the time in the world." He's not yeah. going fast. That's the point. He's literally slowed down. He's not driving dangerously because we saw the same scene Dave, on he, a similar road saying, in Goldeneye where he's doing <laughs> like with uh, with Famke Jensen and he's like out there fucking driving sports cars around Dave, corners. Are you saying it's not dangerous to veer from left to right of a road, a winding road on a cliff? No, that's uh, road safety authority <laughs> approved. Um, but I think the I really enjoyed their honeymoon thing. The fact that they were like visually, and it must be a thing they do in this place. But she was like, they were like burning the bits of paper, letting them float. It just was all beautiful, beautifully shot, lovely, and it, it, I felt like they, the whole time I was thinking, but what about Vespa? They'd good chem. <laughs> yeah. well, how do you feel about Vespa? Let's have a thing with about that. Anyway, it all turns. This is the cold open. All turns into a betrayal. Then there's a really awesome series of action scenes. I love. And then like, we're off. And then and I love then, honey. Like, can yeah. we just say like? when we like talking about the spectacle of Bond from the opening intro with that what I think is a brilliant Billie Eilish song gorgeous yeah credits, great fun I was just like I'm here I'm in the mood and then that opening sequence and and then the action that came from it when you know the Vespa's grave blew up which I really enjoyed because they're like please stop talking about Vespa and then that whole thing and then I was just like I'm just I was just so into it like the it's not like the start of Spectre where you had that amazing like ceiling jumping uh, roof jumping thing and then it got really boring this like opened with all that and then just kept with it and I think it's yeah it's remarkable actually the pace they kept to that and then the Millie Eilish song finishes and the title the, 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 the words come out screen five years later and at this moment you just mentioned it I've just watched all of phase three Marvel and I thought hang on <laughs> this is Endgame and not only that the rest of, then the movie it st- all started to like fall into place for me he's Tony Stark he um, <laughs> he <laughs> has a very traumatic event in the cold open um, which he has forced him out of the business into retirement has a daughter except in this case doesn't realise it um, who and risks everything and kills himself at the end to to save the world um, are you spoiling Endgame? 
spoilers at the, I'll, spoilers for Endgame, I guess. I'll put that a warning at the top. Um, <laughs> it's been two years, three years. Also, um, however, not, anyway, he's I thought, not Tony Stark. Kathy, I thought when I came out of the movie, and I hadn't said this to you yet, when I came out, I was like, this is an amazing comparison. I'm going to... I'm gonna absolutely land this one on the podcast, guys. They won't believe it. Doesn't it doesn't land at all. I like. Google, I just, and I googled it, and obviously there's a whole article about how <laughs> how uh, No Time to Die has ripped off Endgame, and I'm sorry, like, sorry, no, let, sorry, let me just get back on. This somebody a got there first. You think this ripped it off in that no, old rich on. man has I, young girlfriend? I don't think father's it ripped, a child he didn't know about. I didn't write the headline. No, I ripped off. I said there's. It reminded me of Endgame throughout his whole arc was the same as Tony Stark. And I'm saying it's an absolute, like, pace-by-numbers visual of a tortured man. He's old. He's got a younger girlfriend. He knocked her up without knowing it. He now has to go and spend years in the wild being a hero, and then he'll finally come back and rescue his family. Yeah, these are That's archetypes. such a trope. Yeah, fine tropes. But I'm saying it's like it had five years later and a daughter, Dave, and then to- end-of-the-world right, stakes. topic. Anyway, right. come on. Um, the other female character we want to talk about is... Um, the woman from Knives Out Anna de Armas yeah I was really disappointed by how they, they used her in well movie. they marketed her heavily actually uh, and then she's kind of only in a scene but also when he met her she's like oh my god I'm such a ditz like <laughs> I'm the stupidest woman you'll ever meet yeah. I'm brain dead right that's her introduction and then, but then when she was they're a badass the party, she's like incredible on like the comms she ca- spots the baddie she does all this work it's like what happened there? Did Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like, did they forget to get her to review the first scene and only review the second scene? Because it was wild I don't, I, I don't really, I didn't really get her character either. I, I think she was, she was, like, supposed to be, uh, she, she's introduced as a rookie, um, like, first time in the job, quite excitable, but also, I guess, very com- uh, com- confident and accomplished. It was bizarre, So I'm just right? like... <laughs> it was like, I, don't, I actually and don't then, know why she And then she it. was gone. So, um, <laughs> but what I did like is that he didn't have sex with her for no reason. Yeah, there was none of that in um, this there's no, movie. There's no, there's no yeah. um, unnecessary um, flirting or sex scenes. It's just, no, they just he goes, "Oh, surely, do you want me to take my clothes off or something?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's just like I actually feel like Daniel Craig would be like, "I'm not doing that." Like that's gross. But also, it would have distracted from what they were trying to build with the doctor. Um, yeah, it wouldn't it make sense? An actual love, love relationship, okay. and the daughter thing did surprise me. Um, honestly and it actually introduced some interesting stakes it did can we talk about the fact that also like post-Covid this movie is a bit traumatic because it's all about a virus and quarantine yeah and the labs I'm glad it didn't come out last year yeah uh, um, yeah it was like a bit on the nose okay Felix poor Felix yeah uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright uh, I, I forgot again forgot he was in these movies I'm like it's the guy from um, Westward it's Bernard <laughs> yeah. he's been in it since Casino Royale did not know that um, but I think that's because I hadn't seen Westworld so I had nothing to pin him but to anyway yeah his death scene got me good as well yeah. I was quite, I was quite like the, the, there's fair emotional stakes in this because even though I didn't specifically remember that actor playing Felix obviously we know the character of Felix so and yeah. I think they they kind of established quite well that they're actually quite connected and like I love that scene when the guy the Book of Mormon guy I really enjoyed that whole sequence in the forest like all the set pieces were brilliant actually but um he when John fun, Bond did his one liner and he goes he? come on brother help me or something and James Bond goes I had a brother he was called Felix yeah. I just smashed and the I car love, there and I on. love this idea that he was a Bond super fan as well I was like so the, uh, good <laughs> so and I, I like the idea of like him Bond being off books working for the CIA on the side honestly I found the plot very 
concise and easy to but follow. I don't think he was working. The stakes were easy to yeah, follow. Yeah, it was really easy there to follow. There was a MacGuffin which I understood But and I don't think dangerous. that Bond was all fuck working for the CIA. I actually think Bond was just like working for himself because he wanted to save the world. Like, well, Yeah, he was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And the role of 007 was taken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's right. Like, uh, to be honest, it's actually a really terrifying virus that can be programmed to, to a DNA sequence and then like... So you could take out families, ethnicities. The fact and, okay, they, so, right, go that on. That one they yeah, said yeah. like guy was killed and then he was in a casket and then his relatives kissed him and then they all died from it like that's actually yeah that's wild so and then when the guy later the evil Russian guy is saying to the new 007 I could eradicate your entire race and then she just goes time to die and kicks him over I love that so can we now talk about that since we're on the subject the fact that M is the villain of this movie <laughs> not Rami Malek right he is like M created that horrible virus which you have just described this is where I got confused because I thought M was Judy Dench and I was like, What's no, happening? M is, as you said, Voldemort. And not only literally, he's literally the most dangerous man on the yeah, planet. He's wild. He funded this thing, which. And, and, and then halfway through the movie, when it's explained to him over the phone from Q about the power of this thing, it could wipe out entire ethnicities. It could be programmed to do anything. It's a surprise to him. <laughs> the, this man who is in this position of power. But isn't it like that thing that, like, often so you might blinded yeah but you might often like and I think this happens with anything that is now a major weapon including something like Facebook think of use the Facebook analogy I don't think when Mark Zuckerberg was 18 and in his basement was yeah. he like someday I'm going to have a platform I know, I know. where I abuse the insecurities of young women to sell them diet pills and, and I, that was not Mark Zuckerberg's intent that is what he's doing I know and it's the same in the Manhattan Project and the atom bomb you know those signed and Nazi scientists exactly. a, lot, a lot of them may be feasibly um, are just so laser focused on a goal and you know not asking if they should but so however however <laughs> how fucking stupid is he and 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 like I'm sorry this is the other thing it's like fine I kind of bought that um what you're just what you're describing he just wanted uh, an efficient assassination tool like to think oh it's just tailored to a bad guy's DNA what could go wrong what could go wrong you wipe out his entire family just by but like um but but the the movie fine if you do that but the, um, and then like there's a nice there is a nice scene where Ray finds kind of addresses it with Bond down by the the river and you know I, this is what I was trying to do I've made a terrible mistake. But if you notice but, as he got older he just looks like Voldemort now. Like, I know his like nose is slightly anymore. falling off. Um, <laughs> he but, wears a funny. He actually lives in a turban on the back of someone's head. <laughs> Professor, what's his name? Professor Quirrell. Uh, Quirrell. Yeah. But the um, now we've spoiled Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> are we allowed to spoil all these twenty-year-old movies? Um, um, but this is my problem: is the movie fa- doesn't seem to acknowledge that it's all his fault because by the end he's still got his job. He's yeah, because they stopped raising it. a glass to Bond, and everyone's like, "We love working for you, M. What crazy." <laughs> concoction are you going to come up with next I'm sorry he should be in prison he he committed a war crime not only that he caused an international event trying to mop up his own his own problem when he had to fire on an an island and he was was trying to balance between the Russians and the Japanese and the Americans and and then did he ever tell anyone what they were actually doing no yet he's he's risking all out war to stop his own problem and he's still in a position of okay Dave you, you forgot what else he fucked up. He's also told the PM. So the PM, so someone. Dave, like, have, you met, the, have you met the British? Have you met the British? call from like so I invented this Dave, thing that Boris wipe Johnson out. can't get a HGV driver to transport some <laughs> petrol around the country. Do you think he would do this? 
Anyway, oh and Boris Johnson gives jobs to all his mates and presumably they'd be mates right in this world. So I wanted to talk about two things. Oh, it's echoey here. Firstly, another thing that Voldemort did wrong, which was when he had Christoph Waltz in that weird prison. He somehow let Christoph Waltz be communicating across the world through a magic eye. <laughs> yeah, the magic eye. Like, how did Christoph Waltz have that access in this high security prison where only one person's allowed and, to visit and, him? And also, Voldemort should have seen this coming because <laughs> Brian Mad Eye Moody has the same technology, right? <laughs> right, that's all on Voldemort. And then I wanted to know, and I may be wrong here because, as I said, my memory is extremely poor for these movies. I feel like Q really got like a build up like I don't remember Q ever being on he location doesn't get, before. yeah he doesn't get to go in the field mostly he, because mostly he, because Desmond Llewellyn played him for 40 <laughs> years and he was like 90 years old talking to Pierce Brosnan and he just showed up every five years for one scene but have you noticed, as if they're gonna have fucking Desmond okay, Llewellyn and a plane this is all jumping Q out. became such a big character first of all we learned that he's gay I liked that little I really uh, liked that little insight, he's yeah. like got an unbelievable apartment so he's clearly earning a lot of money um, he can drive submarines he can do all comms he's a master of radio comms yeah. he can invent Is anything he, he did everything on that mission he was flying yeah. driving commsing what normally we're normally inventing all the things and controlling all the missile launches so where normally you would have a, a whole room full of people they just have a queue it's do like, everything it's like the way it like, with the way they're like, oh you know that young geeky guy with glasses he can fix that like that's what Q is the multitasking is very impressive yeah so anyway I just think like it's, it's worth noticing that Q is now a major character yeah, in I quite, and I quite I really but like Ben then I ben just Wishaw. kept closing my eyes and hearing Paddington, Paddington yeah. and I just found that weird but no he's, he's good in it it's solid like there was a lot of good banter the sort of emotional and I loved when like I, I really liked again humanising Bond and of course we forgot to talk about Miss Moneypenny who came in a couple of movies ago who I like yeah. and she I kind of like the idea of her Q and Bond going behind Voldemort's back and then I love I love the scene when Voldemort was saying to um, Q oh something something about Bond and Q's like oh Bond, oh, you're Bond. Bond. I haven't yeah. seen him and then Bond goes he goes I know Bond's staying in your house and I really <laughs> like I actually that was funny it's like moments of levity in this film that like I really enjoyed okay now we have to get to let's, Rami Malek let's talk about Rami Malek and then let's talk about, about the Bond's death um so, Ram- doo-doo, doo-doo. so Rami Malek, there's an amazing um, open, the cold open flashback. Oh with, my god, I forgot um, about that! Which is incredibly was that chilling. The, was that and the start of the beautiful. movie? It's the start of the movie. The, um, so long ago, like in, the movie, um, it was 500 years ago that I Nor- remember. Norway in this amazing location, I think it was Norway in this amazing location on this frozen lake. Yeah. This girl, like um, a father who's part of Spectre. And as we learn as an assassin. Did we know him from the previous mother, movies? Who's Who a knows? drunk? They they pack a lot in here. Yeah. Um. I think we probably do. That's probably her Spectre plot that we don't remember. Um. <laughs> so he, our, so we learned that you know really incredible. Like I I thought right. This is when this is the opening of the movie. And this I the before the movie starts the age rating showed up and it was 12A and it said people under children under 12 must be accompanied by an adult I was like are you fucking kidding me I'm bringing my 10 year 11 year old to this yeah. to this fucking horror show yeah there's like it's it was terrifying. terrifying that was actually the scariest part like if I was a kid home invasion where your mother's killed on the sofa are you kidding yeah. me that's terrifying brutally murdered the rest of it's like kind of fantastical but that's very much like close to home oh literally. I thought it was really intense and his and mask scary. his 
it's just the that's, whole way he was like in that scene was like really scary and then the fact that he chased her across the ice absolute horror show yeah but then he disappears for three quarters of the movie <laughs> and then shows up again and um I got, and, then, and then you know the way I, I mean I like how they did it right it's like she's under the ice and he lets her escape and then next scene the beautiful blonde girl uh, blonde girl emerges in the water so I really like how they juxtapose that but then James goes where were you earlier and it's like I was swimming like <laughs> yeah. how would he have known that she was having this wild recollection you were somewhere else <laughs> yeah I was underwater and you're then normally I very focused on your swimming <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, so Rami Malek uh, I thought was really good in this I really really like nails the He's such an archetype just, of a Bond villain. Yeah, he just felt like a classic Bond villain. It's like I guess he's Doctor No. Is he supposed to be Doctor No? I don't know. I have no idea. He's some, some of the, he's someone, someone who's versed in Bond can tell us in the comments. With, he's someone with an accent who lives in a lair, and that's all we need to know about him. Come to my beautiful enchanted but I garden. Love it. I've got a poison garden. <laughs> I've got everything. And uh, but I found his. Inter- I thought he was very menacing. I found every time he was holding that little girl, I I wanted to crawl out of my skin that was really upsetting for me the little girl and him like so for me by introducing that little girl and then making her Bond's daughter the stakes were so elevated I'm far more interested in those stakes than I have ever been for any other Bond movie because if you take her out of that then it's Rami Malek walking around a poison garden (laughs) talking to Bond saying the whole world is going to end Bond what are you going to do about it but I'm like I didn't the world is not ever under threat but that girl she's so sweet I just didn't want her that little and child that actress was eyes. lovely I didn't want her to experience anything untoward or scary I was for her when she just dropped her teddy she dropped her like, teddy she doesn't even need that also can we just totally divert for a second how about the bit when he just lets her go he's just like fine if you don't want to be here you go <laughs> find your teddy <laughs> but can we just revert a bit to the bit where go back a bit to where um, you know when like James Bond and his girlfriend realised they had their like one beautiful morning as a family where they all had breakfast together and I love that and then just just realized, enough to make us care yeah, yeah, it was really like good. he made her brunch and stuff. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh my god, the baddies are coming! We have to go!" Right, and they get in the car. Good moment the with the phone. It was where she's really like, good. 007's about to catch them, and it's like, "Wait, why is she coming to me?" Uh-oh. It was really good. But then yeah. they're in the car for like what seemed like a decent enough period of time, and then everything that happens in that like amazing sequence. In the forest like, and the mist. Sorry, amazing done. As someone who has a four-year-old. All that she would be doing in the back of the car is, every day, what's happening? Can I have a snack? Mommy, mommy, mommy. So that child's behavior was outrageously false, yeah. okay? So they didn't write the four-year-old property. Anyway, aside from that, in this scene, it's still the only bit of the movie I got bored in, though at one point, Rami Malek was just like droning on. It's like, all right, Rami, we you get it. On, you mean on the island? When just you know his yeah. whole Mr. Bond and then I don't know what happened and I don't know why it happened but Rami Malik or James Bond someone threw a pillow up in the air and then the other one shot it he I had sh- no idea what that was he shot it yeah yeah but why to show what he can do to pillows <laughs> if you cross me if you cross me these pillows are gonna get it and then I was like Bond's gonna use the watch he's gonna use the watch because they do tee up those gadgets but he didn't anyway it was he did all... use the watch he yeah but not in that sequence I oh, thought... right, no okay. he did it at the end he did it on his yeah. brain and he did it like a, a oh joke. the eyeball oh, that was good and I just love that whole sequence yeah. of like that feeling of like when Bond like it's so sad when he realises that he's been infected with his oh, girlfriend's great, DNA great little idea that was so sad yeah sad like... this idea that you could never be close to the people you love ever again and he's just discovered this 
this family that he... And they had their one beautiful brunch that was rudely interrupted. It like, was really, I was really, really sad. sad. Yeah. yeah, that really got me. And like, brilliant move by Rami Malek, like ultimate villain move, right? Make sure he can never go near the woman that you, for some reason, love. Yeah. Um, and I also love to see how when about, Rami sorry, Malek... Sorry, <laughs> sorry, before we, before we move on. How about when they tried to do the same thing in Spectre, which I've just remembered. <laughs> Don't where, remember it. Where like. Christoph Waltz has him over a table and then he says, I have removed... I, I'm going to butcher it I don't remember I've removed the section of your brain which allows you <laughs> to feel love or to recognise those you love or something and then he does it and then Bond just carries on so so something happened in Spectre somebody remind us where something mad like but that but it didn't happened. matter anyway. then because all he had was Vespa again it was never that interesting if his main love interest had been dead for 10 years like there was not much stakes it's a little bit like in Rocky 5 when they're like you could never fight again or you'll die and then in Rocky 6 he's just fighting and is like the yeah. champion again so and what, there was what, nothing what were you going to say there was another Rami Malek scene you were going to say when he like visits the psychologist in her office and he's like chilling and well. he's like I like your flowers <laughs> my father had lots of flowers and you're just like yeah. <laughs> he was creepy <laughs> and it's like I wonder why she's the only woman Christoph Waltz <laughs> wants to see like in fairness and I thought they they had to cast a woman that we believed. Christoph Waltz, Rami Malik, and Daniel Craig loved, right? Mm-hmm. I thought she's a really charismatic, enigmatic, very clearly beautiful woman. I appreciated all that. I thought they... If you're going to tie all these men together with the love interest, I think she was worthy and believable in that character. Anyway, that's an aside. I thought she was great with the daughter. Like, I really felt their connection. So when James Bond realises, he's absolutely knackered. I love that sequence when he gets up all the steps and Q's like, you're going to have to do all these really intricate things to get the doors open. And Bond just like, because he's an old dinosaur. Amazing action scene, yeah, by the way. He just, just in, follow him up those steps. But when he gets in and just starts knocking all the levers yeah, and just gets that. it up. That was yeah. very funny. And then he finally gets all the way back down. Then Rami Malek infects him. Then he realises it's all too late. And then he just goes up again. And then when he's just that beautiful sequence where he stands on the rock... And we were bawling, crying, like, and he's just looking up and he's speaking to her in the earpiece. And she says, all she says is she has your eyes. And he says, I know. I know. And lovely. I was just yeah. bawling, crying. And that's when I was just, I've never, ever been emotional. She really did. Did they do something to that child's eyes? Is she wearing lenses or did yeah, they just cast eyes, her like. perfectly right? But she'd, she, he's got quite striking blue eyes and she had the same exact I think one. we should do a hashtag no yeah. blue eyed bond <laughs> he has to be brown eyed and brown haired but white skinned and in his 50s well, yeah, a very quite, specific character he used a, to be quite a bold move I really I thought it was really bold uh, for a bond movie um, I thought really interesting I've never and been very, emotionally very, affected before yeah very emotionally affecting so but I think his job. last word should have been Vespa <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to see my beloved Vespa now <laughs> I just thought and when she realises over the phone that like he's been or over the earpiece that he's been infected and then I loved that in that moment the other 007 was like protecting his family I just yeah. loved all that what that represented and then yeah it was wonderful and then I kind of wish they just I, did, I didn't like when she gave him his code name back for no reason it was anyway, an act of respect go on um, and then I love obviously the sequence in like uh, referencing that old Bond movie when the mom is in the car with the daughter even though again driving very dangerously and uh, inappropriately oh yeah oh sorry I forgot about that yeah and yeah. she said let me tell you a story about James Bond and that actually felt like um, something interesting thematically as well to have this it, it kind of tied in with the whole thing about Bond as a franchise James Bond being told now by women through yeah, to another woman really right she's like let me tell you about this man called James Bond and it was a mother telling a daughter she's like remember the worst day of your life 
Remember the guy that was there that <laughs> yeah. day? That's actually your dad? But God. he did make you brunch that morning and you were a good little girl in the car when we were shooting at everyone. You real quiet. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right, well, we leave it there. That was quite... Uh, I enjoyed talking about that. I enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed talking and about it. And now we're going to have to wait another five years for the next one. I'm actually... After this, I'm actually really interested enough to see, like, just from, like, an editorial kind of commercial perspective where they take it who they cast next like I find that very interesting I can see what all the hype is yeah. about like in terms of who they cast next because like it's a you know it's a huge franchise and everyone's like is it going to be Tom Holland as young Bond I wonder if they might surprise us though because um, Daniel Craig was a surprise casting yeah I hope they. I hope it's no he one. He wasn't anyway. really though. Like, it's like he, he wasn't much of a. I know you said there was. There was like everyone was he outraged. Was a surprise, he, was he was blonde, never in the. Con- he was never a contender though. Yeah, okay. No one was talking about him before he was announced. They'll do something. Yeah. Hopefully not. Remember there was there's obvious. like two big people that two people that had loads of hype in the last couple of years. Idris one was Elba. A, Idris Elba, but I think flat out he's too old. Michael Fassbender. No, the two biggest hypes were um, the guy from Bridgerton last year. Oh yeah, Everyone's yeah, yeah. obsessed about him being Bond. Yeah, he looks. And then the, the other one was um, God, what's his name? Loki, Tom Hiddleston. Oh yeah, I feel like he's a bit too past it now. Uh, yeah, I just, I just feel like they'll go. Also, younger. sorry, that would be boring because he kind of did that in those um, the John Carnier ad- adaptations on TV, The Night Manager. I feel like he's done that. You're right. Already. That's oh, that's when everyone was saying he should be Bond. Yeah, but I feel um, like that's not interesting. Yeah, you're that's, right. I like him, but uh, anyway. I'd love if it was the guy from Bridgerton, and in every scene he's just like, "I burn for you, Vespa." <laughs> Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> right. God, I wish though they would delve into Vespa a bit more. Like, I know. I have a Vespa spin-off series. Well, you know, Amazon have done a some Vespa deal prequel. with them now for like eight hundred million dollars. Oh, for have what? some sort of access to the Bond um, oh, yeah. name okay. so wow. maybe there'll be a young Vespa oh, maybe series. we'll get a, finally get James Bond Jr. back on the screen <laughs> do you remember that no I think we should James get James Ve- Bond Jr. Vespa Jr. that's what I need oh, to see oh that's what we need except she died when she was already like 18 so they need to Amazon <laughs> needs to take a leaf out of Disney's book and just rinse this thing six spin-off shows a year <laughs> four movies a year come on guys kind of work that's well, how though. commercialism works because Marvel you've got a cinematic universe this is just James Bond yeah you have Q you've got Q Jr <laughs> you've got the Q files you've got <laughs> you just do it I'd actually love if it was the like, Money Penny Diaries you know what they should do they should yeah. do a first date with starring Q because that was we can see he can set up a good date he was an absolute like, like, killer if uh, I went on a date and it was in it? that apartment Concierge. with that food and like guy that good looking yeah he's on to a winner anyway lovely decor <laughs> him and Rami Malek both like lovely like Japanese in- infused sort of interior design <laughs> stuff shame about the poison I okay. loved the bit in Rami Malek's lair when there was just like hundreds of people like fully dressed in plastic because they were just wandering around tending a poison lake <laughs> yeah obviously <laughs> alright come on let's wrap this we up we have to go uh, right. thanks Apologies for thanks for bearing with us but we did enjoy that uh, and we hope you enjoyed the movie too if you want to chat with us about it uh, at the Cinemile on Twitter Facebook Instagram or email us thecinemile at gmail.com and if you or- haven't already done so would you please head over to um Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave us a review we yeah, greatly so. appreciate it um, it's how other people can find the podcast and how we also love hearing from you guys there So or join the awesome community over at the Cinemile High Club patreon.com forward slash the Cinemile yeah, we where lots we, of fun so much fun doing movie TV reviews as I mentioned already we're going to do weekly succession reviews and we watch retro movies every month as picked by our patrons yeah. high fidelity is next but do yeah, reach out to us we love to chat bye so, bye
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.